The word multimedia is the use of a variety of artistic or communicative media using more than one medium of expression or communication. Café is a type of establishment that serves coffee and is known as a place where information can be exchanged. The following is the audio version of the Multimedia Café. Sitting on a million, sitting on it every day. Can't make no money giving your stuff away. Why don't you do now? Like the millionaires do. Put your stuff on the market. You can make a million too. Welcome to the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. My name is Jason Spees. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Of course, this is a Week in Review, our best of interviews from the previous week, and we've got some great interviews here today. Let's take a look. Nicholas Beerus, Magna Beerus Oil, gives an update from the Illinois Basin, as well as their $75,000 well. they got a great investment opportunity that people are making money and the average folk can invest in something like this so it's going very well in the illinois basin that's in kentucky this company's out of wyoming but they have some satellite offices and one of the satellite offices is paradise california and he also gives an update on the wildfires that impacted their offices some of their employees their partners their colleagues so we talk a little bit about that and what they got to go through in order to keep you know business moving and geez you just lost your place uh, in the wildfire and yes they did lose their office uh, to the wildfires so we talk about kind of the rebuilding process also brent seeks with the badland ministries explains why a christian organization that's been around for 90 years has been helping the north and south dakotas all in montana as well i guess eastern montana we got to throw that in there and then eastern wyoming as well all that plus much more on today's episode of the multimedia cafe week in review my name is jason spies and this is the multimedia cafe week in review Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Hello, my name is Otis with Kids and Capitalism at Donko Gaming Esports Day, and today I am with... I'm Josh Kinson, I'm the head coach at the University of James Yeah, can you tell us about your uh, esports team a little bit? Yeah, so we've got a collegiate esports team. Um, we have teams for Overwatch, Hearthstone, and League of Legends. Uh, we've got 16 guys on scholarship right now that are, are college athletes playing esports. Can you tell us about your practice that you have? Yeah, so we, you know, just like any other sport, we practice five days a week. Um, we typically have, like, a game on Monday, and then we'll break down film on Tuesday, kind of look at what went right, what went wrong. Right. Um, 
kind of you know see see what things we can fix. On Wednesdays, they'll get into individual practice, like what individually they need to work on. Um, Thursday, we, we take a break. We do study hall. They come in and work on homework and stuff and make sure that they're academically sound. And then on Friday, we do game prep for next week and kind of plan out what strategies we're going to use. That's pretty neat. Uh, what, what's your favorite game? My favorite game, you know, it's it's hard. I'll say Hearthstone right now. Hearthstone? Um, yeah. It's like a pay-to-win game, though. I mean, it, it can be, but you, if you put enough time into it, free play is totally fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, you can... I downloaded Hearthstone once, and I was like... the mental aspect to it, yeah. the, the thinking and the strategy yeah, part. Yeah, I like the so, meta part too. Yeah. That part's really cool. Uh, what, who picks what types of games you play? Like, so our, our national governing body, the National Association of Collegiate Esports, um, they're the ones that kind of set which schools are playing what games, and then we can opt into that season. So right. they'll say, you know, we have 20 schools that are playing Overwatch this fall, you know, would you like to be a part of that? And we'll go ahead and say yes or no. Uh, my first job was right out of college. Um, I, I started at the University of Jamestown in the marketing office. Uh, I was 22 years old, and uh, it's it's been a, a wild ride, and I've stayed actually at UJ since then, and it, it's just been super fun. That's neat, bro. Um, any advice you have for young entrepreneurs? You know, I'd say you know, if you're looking at starting your own business or, or you know, looking into entrepreneurship, there's tons of resources out there. Um, there's entrepreneurship centers in a lot of major cities that have funding available or um, spaces that you can use for offices. So just you know, keep an open mind. Ask for ask for help. Don't be afraid of, of asking people because um, there's resources and people out there that will want to help you succeed. Yeah, uh, and that concludes our interview with Josh Knutson, head coach at the University of Jamestown. Thanks for being here, bro. Thanks, appreciate it. Cool. Yeah. yeah, no problem. I need to get one of these keywords because then, like, we are using WAs, you can just use this for, like, Overwatch yeah. alts or switching stuff in Fortnite. Yeah. Good deal. Hey, thanks. Yeah, Is that nine more hotkeys? my call, yeah, from KFGO. Oh, sure. I, uh, I was on KFGO Thursday morning, actually, with Doug Lear. So, oh, yeah. Well, good. He, he, uh, he said that... Uh, the morning show's all over it because I go, you got it here this guy. Yeah. He was, right. morning show's all over it. Yeah. I thought, yep. Derek, no, Derek. You're the sports guy. You, you got to be the one to interview Not the morning show. Yeah. Dude, if you're still doing that esports stuff by the time I'm like old enough to get into college, I'll definitely join your esports. Yeah, for guy. sure, man. Yeah. What grade are you in right now? Sixth. Sixth grade? Okay. So six, four years. In, in five and a half years. Five and a half years? Look me up. I right. probably will still be at UJ. All right. And uh, you'll be at UCLA. <laughs> well, UC Irvine. UC Irvine. Is it really? Oh, yeah. I used to live in Fullerton. They've got a ton of money or something. Well, I believe that. I mean, that's, right, uh, that's Texas Instruments headquarters. Yeah. It used to be anyway. So. Irvine and Berkeley both have, both campuses have really good schools. And Robert Morris is actually the school that, like, started collegiate esports. Like, Kurt Melcher was the guy that founded the first college esports program. Really? So, Interesting. Yeah, in our neck of woods in Chicago, kind of, so. I was, he's still doing stuff, not so much with the school, but he's still kind of the overseer for the whole program. Irvine is the Anteaters. Yeah. Nickname, the oh, Anteaters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I went to school Fullerton, and oh, I, I worked in Irvine. Oh, yeah. And it, it's a 
very rich city. I mean, like you got to make seven figures to even buy a piece of property there. Wait, wait. There. So what did people? What did your guy? What did your rush get for? Like, like a gift card to Rock 30 and a, a etched glass kind of deal. Rock 30? That's where I got this. Yeah? It's a piece of trash, but that's where I got it. <laughs> that's, I, I really like Rock 30. Yeah, GameStop just kind of turns me off. Yeah, this, Rock 30 has so many old consoles. Yeah. And they got a cool gaming one, too. No. Yeah. That'd be cool drinking Mountain Dew out of them. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, thanks, thanks. guys. We're going to show Thank yeah. you. Appreciate it. Appreciate thanks. It, Great to meet you guys. All right. Awesome. See you again in five and a half years. Back to the Multimedia Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation. You never know who's going to stop by and what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, Nicholas Beerus, Magna Beerus Oil. Nicholas Beerus, Magna Beerus Oil. Outstanding. Thank you for joining the program today. Of course, we like to check in on the, I believe it's the Illinois Basin in Kentucky, where you've got... The $50,000 well or the something, $100,000 well? What is it again? G- g- give me the update. I've, I've been dying to know what's been going on down there in the Illinois Basin. Well, we're still holding at a $75,000 oil well from completion uh, stage all the way. You, know, you see what happens when I, when I don't have my notes? i got to split the difference. <laughs> seventy five grand though, that is a that, – okay, for some of the listeners out there, uh, the reason I said fifty to 100 because – if it's a hundred, that's unheard of. And so, if you guys have figured out a way to do it at seventy-five thousand, let's not let's not just skirt over that quick. Talk about just real quickly. Talk about how that is a magnificent feat in itself. Well, I think I've explained in past shows that we had before done oil wells in Texas, Louisiana, Oklahoma, so forth and so on. But the problem we had was that if we ever drilled a dry hole. We took us instead of a couple of months to recoup our money because oil prices used to be well above a hundred dollars a barrel. Uh, when they got down to twenty, thirty, forty, even fifty, like they are right now, it took a long time to recoup our money. So we were looking for a place that we could go where we could get good production for a minimal cost, and we looked into the Illinois Basin and found out that we could actually drill and complete an oil well for only seventy-five thousand dollars, where the investor basically gets about seventy-five percent of the net revenue that comes out of the well. 
and uh, we could do several of those only 450 feet apart in the Illinois basin. So we made the choice to go there. And when we got there, we had some good success. We, we haven't left yet. So we've kept our prices the same and we're still hitting oil wells. Are you guys still looking for investors? Oh yeah. We're always looking for investors. We have over 2,500 acres that we can drill an oil well, 200, I'm sorry, 450 feet from a previous sister well. So we've got plenty of room to do oil wells. We've, we've actually signed on with a company called Northwest Oil and Gas, which is, I can announce it at this point in time, they actually are going public here in the United States. They're a German company, but they've actually signed on with us to start drilling under the same, you know, $75,000 a well price tag. And we welcome anybody and everybody, either major companies or small companies that want to come out and make some money that uh, we're ready for them. Unlimited number right now. And you said Northwest Oil and Gas? Yeah, Northwest Oil and Gas. And, you know, the other thing is like, you know, 75 grand, that's something that the average person can either uh, afford. And by average, I mean, you know, maybe above average, but at least they can come maybe with some buddies, pool it together, that sort of thing. That's not a large number, 75,000. I mean, you're talking about a down payment on a house in some instances. So um, what kind of, are, are, are anybody seeing returns? Because I know the oil industry, you know, a lot of times uh, speculative and volatile and those those kind of those uh, uh, fearful buzzwords come out from time to time. Are any of your investors seeing any success at all? Are you guys finding success down there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're finding success. It's average. I mean, it's like any other thing. You don't know how much oil is actually going to come out of an oil well. You could have one well do 50 barrels a day, and the next one drilled a couple feet from it's only going to do two barrels a day. Cool. It's just the oil business. But if you could, I would tell everybody, if you can live between a 30 and 40% yearly return, uh, you know, it's good to come in down here and do something like that. Now, we're not going to get the big returns I do in Texas where you put, you know, $5 million, you can get $5 million back in a year. But if you put $75,000 down, you could get anywhere from half of that to the, all of it back within a year. And then it keeps producing that way, you know, a good two or three years. You're going to see a little bit of decline, but it's only like 7% a year after that. So, Well, and that's the know. one thing with this, some of these, um, and you're a vertical, that's right? That's a vertical? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. with, with the hydraulic fracturing, the one thing they're finding out is the um, the drop-off rate's faster than they thought. And it seems like that's happening more and more and more uh, with the hydraulic fracturing to where, you know, that curve is just dropping. And so they got to go and do the refracts, whatever else. But what you're describing to me sounds a little bit more like that slow and steady wins the race thing versus the hydraulic fracturing, which is the boom. Well, we've got, we've got, well, and this is kind of like when people look at the Illinois base and they say, well, we've went to like the Kentucky Division of Oil and Gas. We found out that the average production there is only one or two barrels a day. The reason it's showing that is because the wells they drilled in the 70s are still pumping oil today. So if you're taking a well that's only doing a quarter barrel a day and then in the 80s it's doing, you know, half a barrel a day and then the 90s it's doing one and two and you average them all together, that's what you get. But we have actual uh, geology from uh, a major university here, which is Kentucky University did one of them. And you can find that out at the uh, Kentucky uh, Division of Oil and Gas website. They've done a report on Kentucky and area we're drilling in. They've seen anywhere from 5 to 10 to 20 to 30 barrels of, of initial production when it came in. But it's like anything else. You can do great Texas, too, and get you know two or 300 barrels a day. But eventually that's going to pan out and it's going to drop and it does the same thing here but that's why i say if you can live with a 30 to 40 50 percent per year return that's not a return it's just going to be one year and quick you're looking at a you know five to six years under that same return so that's why we like it down here it's an easy easy hit 
All right, exciting stuff. I always love an update from the Illinois Basin, one of those ones you don't hear about very often. Of course, the Permian, the Bakken, the Hainsworth, the Eagleford, the Niobrara, the Marcellus, those seem to be the ones that take most of the headline. But there are other ones out there. You know, you got the you got the Tyler, you got the Spearfish, you got the Kentucky, you got the Illinois. So it's fun to get um, an update every now and then. But let's get into the other topic, the reason why I gave you a buzz here. Uh, the reason why we're having you on the program to talk a little bit about what's going on in California. Well, a lot of, <laughs> yeah, it, it was really, it was an interesting story because a lot of people don't know Magna Burzola, we are a Wyoming corporation, but we have, we don't have all our offices in Wyoming. Uh, managing members of our company ha- each have their own office in their location. And one of those locations was actually Paradise, California. And I had a call after the fire in paradise and they said well our office caught on fire and i was expecting like a little off you know a little uh computer fire or something like that and i said well i'll just tell them to fix it they said no you're not watching the news are you and i have to tell you you know when you get out drilling oil well sometimes you don't get cable and all that good stuff so you, you miss out on the news but they said the building burned down and i was you know my reaction was you know what about our interest they said no you're not understanding the whole town burned down so <laughs> Right now, it's impossible to put a building back up in Paradise, so it's our, our accounting office is actually, and it's one of our accounting offices, but it held most of our main records. It was moved to a different location, and right now, they're up and running again, thank goodness, and uh, just wanted to let everybody out there that is associated with Magdeburgs know that you may have thought you were being ignored or something at some time, but we had to retrieve all our files, files from internet space, and uh, we're oil people, not computer people, so we had to bring somebody in to help us do that, but... We're back up and running now, and everything's great. I just wanted to kind of take this opportunity because uh, you, you, your organization's interviewed us a few times, and we do have people that listen to your program where everybody knows everything's okay. And hey, we're back up and doing what we need to do. So this was the, obviously the wildfire out in California. Yeah. So did you have an opportunity to talk to anybody that worked there to get kind of a boots on the ground, what they're experiencing? Well, yeah, that's, I mean, what, that's what I was saying. Yeah, the lady, the lady that runs the office. Uh, she was telling me that uh, they were sitting there just, you know, one day it was okay, and the next day all of a sudden they were getting, you got to evacuate, and they got to evacuate, and they didn't even have time to get any of the records out. They didn't have time to move anything. The computers went down. Uh, the files went down. Everything went down in the fire. So, so that's how, why it kind of took us a while to, to regroup because it was, it was all destroyed. Well, how do you deal with that? I mean, because this was your business, and this was, well, it was a uh, – uh, office location, but you have so many other people that are not a part of that wildfire, so they're not impacted. And you know how it is, out of sight, out of yeah. mind. And if it isn't part of our daily life, you know, we don't know about it. So, um, how, how did you guys deal with that? I mean, obviously, I mean, you probably sent an email out or something like that. But just walk walk me through a little bit about uh, just how you guys. And this is part of it, by the way. We should point out part of this is getting on this program and letting people know that, hey, this is what happened. You know, like you said, we weren't trying to ignore you. We, we got burned down. And, you know, it, because people are busy. There's so many different ways to to contact people. There's so many different ways to ignore right. people and that sort of thing that you almost have to take different avenues just for something as, as you know, you would think as easy to tell people as, as a wildfire burned our office down. But I should point out, this is part of you telling other people, but talk to me about some of the other things that you guys have done and uh, just that whole process, because you also have another business that you got to run called Day-to-Day Life. 
Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, when we our investors are our main concern because they keep our lifeblood running, and we weren't able to our server and everything went down. It wasn't a situation where I could just get on the internet and change stuff because our server was actually private. Mr. Nicholas Beerus, hold that thought for a minute. We have Nicholas Beerus with Magna Beerus Oil. We'll conclude the interview coming up next. My name is Jason Spees, and this is the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. Well, I was born near a harvest moon. And I wasn't too late, and I wasn't too soon. And I was born on the first day of my life. And I was two years old when John Lennon died. I've lived, yeah, you know that I've tried. Well, I've told the truth, yeah, you know that I've lied. You know, we do what we do so we can survive. And I was two years old when John Lennon died. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Nicholas Beerus with Magna Beerus Oil. You know, you would think as easy to tell people as, as a wildfire burned our office down, but I should point out this is part of you telling other people. But talk to me about some of the other things that you guys have done and uh, just that whole process because... You also have another business that you got to run called Day to Day Life. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, when we our investors are our main concern because they keep our lifeblood running, and we weren't able to. Our server and everything went down. It wasn't a situation where I could just get on the internet and change stuff because our server was actually private. So it went too when it went, but uh, we we did what we could by emails. We did what we could by uh, you know phone calls from what the records we had. Now you know you're going to have some people like you said they're going to complain about things because they didn't get notified. It wasn't because we were trying to be vicious or or not you know informative. It's because the information was in internet land and we had to retrieve it before we could contact anybody. So 
you know, you're going to have those that complain. You're going to have those that say, you're not going fast enough for me. You got people that say, where's this, that, and the other. And we try to say, you know, be patient. Let us fix this first and we'll get all your information to you. But Was there uh, anything you know, that you guys didn't have like digital? Uh, obviously, if you had things in the cloud or if um, there's some things that were digital, you could save it or backed up on well, hard drives, that sort of thing. Yeah, everything was backed up in the cloud. I, I guess that's what they call it. Yeah. I'm old, man. I'm not, a, I'm not a computer guy, but I guess it's called the cloud or whatever, something else similar to that. But it just had to be retrieved, and then they had to go through it. I mean, it was just a long, drawn-out process. It wasn't just as simple as someone saying, you push your button and everything's back. It's not like that. It was more to it than that. We had to find saved emails that were in the server, and there was just a whole bunch of stuff. And, yeah, uh, I kind of chuckle because, um, you know, I'm setting up, I'm helping a, a, some universities set up podcasts for their uh, um, for their business departments. One, one of the consulting things we do on the side is help people, you know, set up podcasts. You know, we've been doing doing radio programs for 25 years, so we, we have a little experience. And so when we start pointing out some of the things that they got to do just on a day-to-day, they, their eyes get really big. And I look at them and I say, Listen, the Pipeliners podcast, the guy's a CEO for a company and he does it on the side and he employs four people just to do his weekly podcast. Just because it sounds easy in your head and you can find a checklist online and you can, there's still the action of somebody's got to do the actual work. And that's where I see where you guys are that, yeah, it might be easy to, you know, retrieve it from the cloud and and, and get back at it, but there's an actual timeline and somebody's got to actually do that. And like I said, you guys had your daily lives to worry about. You got to stop or pull away from your daily lives in order to now retrieve those files and redo to make sure everybody's got communication and that sort of thing. Um, how does that work remotely like that? I mean, is that has that strengthened you guys or are you still trying to figure out how to work through the chaos? Well, no, it, actually the process that we used is very strengthening for our company because if you think about it, one of the main things when you deal with an oil and gas company as far as doing an oil well is their overhead. Um, you know, and I'm not, I'm not going to say a certain region or anything, but there's places you could drill a well for $300,000 and complete it for the same amount, but they have to charge 700000 And it's not, a, it's not a, a, a bad thing for them to do that. It's just that they have overhead, they have office expenses, they have employees, and they have to pay for those too. And it's like you buy a car at an auction, you know, you have a right to make a profit off something you own. And if they're going to, you know, release an oil well for somebody to drill and they're going to lose so much income by somebody paying to drill, they deserve a little profit on top of it. Everybody does that in business. But if you can keep your overhead low, and that's what we kind of do is with our members, each member has a specific responsibility when it comes to the company and they have their own office and they cover their own overhead. So we do not have to put in those prices. Uh, that's why we can keep it at $75,000 is because the members are already business owners somewhere else. and They're using a portion of the profits from that business to run their offices to enhance magnifiers or keep us in, in check. So when you have one that goes down, like in paradise, um, you know, it hurts because they have all the passwords, they have all the backups, they have everything. And if everything's gone, you know, they've got to start over. They got to get computers. They got to place, put the computers, and I don't think people realize everything, even their laptops were gone. They, they, you know, they just, they had to leave. It was like, you have to leave now. It was a situation where can you pack up and go? When they knocked on the door, they had to go. And before they got out, they could see the flames and everything was gone. So that's, that's how fast that fire was. I don't think people understand that when it comes to a forest fire. 
it's not like you see in TV and in the movies where they can walk through the fire and the smoke's going, but they can still save somebody. You know, if you ever get in an actual fire, an actual forest fire, you, you can't see. You got to leave. There's too much smoke. It just, I mean, it's just, it's devastating. And that's what happened to Paradise. And uh, like I said, they moved now and they're back open. They've got everything out of the cloud. They got their computers back in. They're they're at full function. So you know, hey, we're back. That's the best I can say to everybody. <laughs> Is there um, any, I guess, repercussional effects that type of thing? That there's any fundraisers or is insurance taking care of most of that? I guess I, I, I'm not sure you hear, you hear wildfire. Of course, the first thing that pops in your head is fundraiser, but then where does it, where does the dollars go? Is people having specific ones or, or not? Well, it, type just, of thing? it happened that the, uh, the particular managing member had insurance and she was able to recoup from that. She also had personal funds too. She was a successful business person and she basically just moved everything and started everything over again. So it didn't cost the company anything really because, like I said, it was a separate company. Uh, even though she was an active member, she used that company to do work for Magnabers, and so it handled it on that end. So it didn't increase our need to increase our prices because it didn't affect our bottom line at all, really. Oh, that's good. That's good. And then, you know, of course, we talked. Every, first of all, everybody's safe, so that's a good sign. But you did mention how it didn't seem to impact um, your guys' pricing structure and that sort of thing. So that's always nice when you can have some sort of uh, accident, tragedy, blip in the road, if you will, and you don't have to pass costs on to the consumer because anytime you got to stop for gas, hey, man, that takes time. It takes time to pay yeah. for the gas, and it takes time to take the time to do that. And <laughs> you know how it is in business, man. It's a machine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys are, you mentioned out of Wyoming. Have you got any activity going on in Wyoming these days? No, we actually, uh, we were about to go back to Wyoming and do some stuff, and then the gas or oil prices dropped again on us, uh, down in the you know low 50s to the 40s, and it's back up. It's just fluctuating too much. You know, when you have so much success in one area and it's working out, I don't think we're going to be moving to Wyoming or someplace like that or back to that until the prices stabilize. Um, we thought they'd stabilize when they hit over 70, but they fooled us and went back down. And I think until the international market and everything gets squared away where we know, you know, a decent price, at least where it's not fluctuating 20 or $30 every three months, then we'll move back to Wyoming and Texas and Oklahoma. Because like I said, it's hard to recoup your investment there if you don't hit a major well and you spend a lot of money because the prices are too fluctuation. Too much fluctuation in the prices right now. I get it. Sure. Yeah. You know, we, we are in a little bit of a, a gray area when it comes to pricing. You know, there's some companies that are doing doing well, and there's other ones that, you know, they're not getting the, the, the business because we're not at 70 bucks or whatever, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. And you know what I mean by that. There's, there's different tiers of uh, people getting businesses and that sort of thing. Um, what are you hearing from some of your colleagues out there, whether it be midstream, upstream, salmon stream, that type of thing? Are there any you know, uh, certain areas that you're seeing or hearing about more success than others? Uh, well, the Permian Basin, for one, down in Texas, all I hear is that all the time when I talk to people. <laughs> There's a lot of work being done in Indiana and prices. And uh, we've, we're actually getting ready to move into Indiana and Illinois ourselves and do some drilling. Now, those cost a little more money because they're deeper formations. We, we deal mainly in the Coniferous Formation in the Warren County area and Allen and Butler. Um but, you know, we're going to be moving up here in Indiana, Illinois. It's a little bit deep, deeper formation there for us. So it will cost us a little bit more when we do that. And that was Nicholas Beerus with Magna Beerus Oil. 
To listen to that interview or other interviews, go to our website, thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The Multimedia Cafe is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check out our social media pages. If you go to thecrudelife.com, click on the social media tab. Check out all the network. 350,000 social media followers. Be part of our social media army growing ever so much. That's thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. Today's music is performed by Tom Pexcamp, singer-songwriter extraordinaire. If you'd like to know more information about Tom Pexcamp, the singer-songwriter, freerockandroll.com. That's freerockandroll.com. Or go to The Crude Life and click on the Musicians tab. Tom Pexcamp. Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts. And then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Speece on the radio. And if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Speece, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Speece. So here's to all of the good thinkers and here's to the lonely drinker but don't you know let this moment pass welcome back to the multimedia cafe week in review my name is jason Spees. thank you folks for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation at the week in review multimedia cafe a place where you never know who you're going to run into what we're going to talk about coming up next brent seeks badlands ministries Yep, this is Brent Seeks representing Badlands Ministries. Start off by talking about what is Badlands Ministries. Yes, Badlands Ministries is a Bible camp and retreat center. Uh, it's been operating for 90 years. We just celebrated our 90th anniversary last summer. And it's uh, owned by several Lutheran churches, but it's ecumenical in nature. So we serve um, people from all different denominations in our area. And we have summer camps for kids every summer and we also do year-round retreats and events and we also um, have our site available to be rented out by family unions corporate groups weddings that kind of thing as well 
Oh, no kidding. You guys also get into the event planning business, too? You know, a little bit. It's, it's a beautiful site. So we're just south of Medora. So we're right up next to a Bully Pulpa Golf Course. And so we've got 188 acres. It's a beautiful spot. And it's very convenient, again, because of its close proximity to Medora and the park and Theodore Roosevelt, Medora Foundation, the musical, all that kind of stuff. I'm on your website right now, and boy, some of these photos you have on your homepage are just breathtaking. Of course, that's kind of the magic of the Badlands, huh? Yeah, it certainly is. I think uh, it's it's just such a beautiful location. We're just blessed to be there and to have that land that we have. And so it's a great opportunity for us, whether it's our summer camps that we are putting on and have kids of all ages come out for a week of camp. They get to experience that beautiful creation and, and our programs. But it's like you're mentioning, it's just beautiful just to come out for the day, whether it's to be part of a wedding or a day retreat, things of that nature. It's just always nice to be in the Badlands. I'm noticing you guys even have a few events during the wintertime, huh? We do. And so we've got in a few weeks, we have a women's crafting retreat that's happening out there. Um, and But we do. We try to have something just about every month of the year. We've got an event or a retreat that we're <laughs> hosting and putting on. And then things really get busy for us in the summer. So we're going to ask you about Giving Hearts Day in just a second. But first of all, uh, just kind of prime the pump a little bit and talk about maybe some of the services that you provide to the community and just some of the reasons why uh, people should donate or consider donating to you on Giving Hearts Day. Yep. So as a religious Bible camp, uh, you know, we're all about growing faith. And so one of the mottos we often use is bringing faith to life. And so to us, that means... We're sharing the good news of Jesus wherever we can and and helping people grow in their faith. But bringing faith to life also for us means making faith come alive. And and to us, that's uh, making our faith an active thing and a service thing. And so while we host many week-long camps for youth at camp and help those youth grow in their faith, we also do day camps and vacation Bible schools in area communities. And so uh, we generally have anywhere from 14 to 16 uh, day camps we'll do each summer, and that could be anywhere from Kildare to uh, Baker, Montana, to Bison, South Dakota, just kind of this whole region. We will do uh, these day camps, and when we're in, in communities, uh, we work with several churches to do these day camps, and we love to do service projects. So when our staff, these young adults that we hire for the summer in communities, uh, we encourage those folks planning the day camp to have uh, service activities and things in the community they can do as well. And so we're really trying to make a difference in several ways. Um, again, we love uh, growing faith. We think that's such an important uh, thing today. I mean, today we can all find despair and darkness in the world, and uh, we, we think that we give donors the resources to provide hope and light. How did you guys get involved with Giving Hearts Day? Yeah, we were blessed to be one of the first organizations in this uh, part of the state to take part in that. We kind of got asked to do that. I was trying to figure out how many years ago that was. It was at least five years ago that we first started, and we didn't know much about what it was at the time, and we thought it sounded like a good idea, and it really has been a blessing not only to our ministry, but to a lot of the local charities as well. And um, it's nice to have seen it kind of grow. And every year, uh, Giving Hearts Day generates more money for the, the charities that participate. And it's a wonderful way for folks to give, but also just to have awareness for the, the great charities in our area that, that serve us all. Do you guys do anything kind of locally or anything along those lines? I've been hearing different stories about, you know, kind of what people are doing to drum up because it 
it gets a little bit competitive amongst the charities, but at the same time, it, the competitiveness just almost turns into who can become more creative or more involved with the community type of a thing. Do you yeah, guys, you know, do you guys it, do anything like that? You know, we uh, what we found over our many years of being part of Giving Hearts Day is. Uh, for the most part, we have consistent donors that, that recognize the value of our ministry and support it, and this is a, another mechanism for them to do that. What we also realize is uh, there's a lot of generous people in our communities in our area that support multiple organizations. And so um, even though I'm the director for Badlands Ministries, the Bible Camp, um, I'm also a mentor for the Best Friend Mentoring Program. I'm on the board of directors for the Dickinson Backpack Program. You know, I, I could look at connections for many of these other local charities that are on the list, and all of them are, are tremendous assets to our communities, and they all need funding. I mean, that's one thing we all have in common is I don't believe any of those local charities would be able to exist without donors and people giving towards them. And so, um, you know, every year we send out letters and, and notifications to the people that support the Bible Camp to let them know this event's happening, and this is a great way to do that. And we every year we have secured kind of a uh, inspiration gift that someone will give to help uh, motivate people to give to us. And that's just been a wonderful thing. I mean, I uh, last year we just about raised $30,000 through this one-day event for Badlands Ministries, and that's a big, important part of our budget. Um, instrumental, we hope, in growing kids' faith and having them experience their faith in God's creation. It's a place where young people come to pray and sing and learn and love, discover, dream, and, and believe, really. And so we serve close to 6,000 people each year through our programs and events and site rentals. And um, what we do is we don't ever turn away anyone for financial reasons. And that was Brent Seeks with the Badland Ministries. To listen to that interview or other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The Multimedia Cafe is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check out our social media pages and information at thecrudelife.com. Social media pages are now equaling about 350,000 followers. Check out our different network and pages at thecrudelife.com. That's going to do it for today's program. I'd like to thank Nicholas Beerus, Brent Seeks. Wait, let me start over. Nicholas Beerus with Magna Beerus Oil, Brent Seeks with the Badland Ministries. Sometimes we get ahead of ourselves. Also, Otis, thank you very much for interviewing Josh Knutson, head coach of the University of Jamestown College eSports team. And that was Otis with Kids and Capitalism, so thank you very much. Kids and Capitalism is one of our proud partners here at the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. We'll be back next week on this radio station at this time. And for those of you who have downloaded the podcast, thank you very much. Appreciate you choosing the Multimedia Cafe as part of your content. From the staff at the Multimedia Cafe, we can review. My name is Jason Spies, asking you to savor life and enjoy the spice. Say, why don't you do now? Like the millionaires do. Put your stuff on the market. You can make a million too. 
Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. 